0: How's it going, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Decisions Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Short, and joining me, as always, Andrew Wilder. Hello, hello. Now, I do want to say before we start this episode, if you are enjoying our intro and outro music, our good buddy Austin has been recording these personally. They're custom made for us. He does them himself in his room with all of his fancy audio equipment. Uh, If you would like to get an intro or outro that sounds anything like what we have, and we'll be doing some, we're actually going to change to a new one, I think, soon as Mm -hmm. the uh, season starts. Uh, Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. We can put you in touch with Austin and get you some cool music. Um, Anyway, so we were planning on doing two episodes this week, and Andrew and I actually did do the first AFC episode. And. We had some audio issues, some technical difficulties, and Andrew and I don't really want to just throw out garbage on you guys and make you listen to me roboting and all that good stuff. So we scrapped that, and when we were talking about redoing the episode, we were like, you know, the AFC breakdown stuff, just going chalk down each team, gets kind of boring. Wouldn't you agree, Andrew?
1: Yeah, it just kind of gets a little bit redundant, and we wanted to do something a little bit more involved with you guys, something that'll catch your attention and keep you interested.
0: Yeah. So instead of just doing AFC breakdown, we're going to be doing AFC hot or not. So Andrew, you get to tell everybody who you have a crush on and who you don't.
1: Ooh, that's a lot of people.
0: (laughs) Oh God. Well, before we do that, a little bit of news this week in the fantasy and football world. We've had some, actually, some pretty crazy stuff go down since our last episode. I think pretty the big, big headliner is going to be Fournette getting dropped like a hot potato, sure did. Um, with the Jags. So, and and the and now he's been signed with the with the Bucks. Or has he officially signed
1: yet? Or is um, it like, I'm not sure. Actually, I didn't look that. Well, I think he's he going did, to I the Bucks. Yeah, I was. I think it's like he has uh, upwards of like $3 million in incentives, but I think it's like a $2 million deal. He, he joined okay. Tom Brady and all of them over there.
0: So what's your thoughts on A, the Jaguars losing Leonard Fournette, and B, the Bucks gaining Fournette?
1: Um, I think it just makes a murky situation in Tampa Bay's backfield a little bit more murky, but Bruce Arians has come out before and said that Ronald Jones is going to be the guy He's going to be the man over there, too. Um, they also cut a Gumbawale today from that backfield. So right now, the three main people out of that backfield is Ronald Jones, Fournette, and then, of course, Shady McCoy. I, I, if there was one person to have it there, I'd still take Ronald Jones out See, of there, I,
0: too. I, I don't think you should take anything Bruce Arian says as remotely what is going to happen. He said it that, before. Yeah. yeah, Arian Foster, it was like, he completely like this is the same same situation and Aaron Foster got screwed. <laughs> so, I mean, I think Fournette's a better back than Ronald Jones. I mean, I I I just think he's he's gonna be the guy to own. Now, I do think Ronald Jones is gonna see more work to start because there's no way Fournette just, you know, picks right up early on right away. And so, you know, I'm a little bit uh Ronald Jones might see some up some you know, he might surprise some people with his value to start, but as soon as Leonard Fournette gets comfortable in the system over there with the Bucks, I I I think he's the back
1: to own personally. Okay. I mean, hey, that's what's fantasy football, you know. So what (laughs)
0: else happened this week?
1: Um, the other thing, the big thing that happened as well was Adrian Peterson being released by the Washington football today. That's absolutely right. We're recording this on September fourth, Friday, Friday night. He was released today too, which talking about murky backfields goodness gracious um the same kind of stuff up there did with Ron it, Rivera jesus did it
0: get murkier to you now or did it get less murky uh, one less name it, on the list but one now my, it's it, like
1: yeah it went from like 6 names to 5 names you know it's Well wasn't there always fantastic. like this
0: didn't you always see this like idea going around that like you know you guys are all hyping up Gibson or Bryce Love or whatever but everybody knows Adrian Peterson's going to be the lead back Day in and day out. like you At, know, least, at they, least
1: early downs.
0: Yeah, everybody was saying that, like, you know, he's not the attractive name for Dynasty, but he's going to be this year. Well, now that just got thrown out the frickin' window. True. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, it's anybody's game to me at this point. I'm not even going to take a guess. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I, I think Gibson, obviously. Bryce Love, you're seeing conflicting reports all over the place, like, who knows? So uh, yeah. it'll be interesting. But going back to the Jags and and their running back situation. So what do you think about? We didn't answer this question. Of the Jags without Fournette and with this uh, Armstead news.
1: So they have Raquel Armstead, but as of a couple hours ago, he's on the COVID list now. And again. as we all know, that the frickin' season starts you know next week. So How is now he on it ha- again. What do you mean, how is he on it again? He, this is the
0: second time he's been put on it. I didn't right, know, so you uh, can, did you not know that?
1: I thought that you couldn't... Like. A, well, yeah, because he came in contact with someone who was positive or... We talked about this in one of our episodes as well.
0: Oh, so you think maybe he's now coming...
1: Maybe he's Contacting come in... Uh, like a uh, second time.
0: Good Lord. So maybe that's what it is. He's just come in contact twice. Because this is hey. the second time he's been on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right on that too. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, that makes the situation down there murky too. Like all these backfields are getting a little crazy. Um, Chris Thompson has rapport with the offensive coordinator and Jay Gruden down there. So some people are saying that he's going to get some of the passing downs there. Some people are buying into this Oziebo hype. And then of course they also have James Robinson down there, the rookie. Um, and his roster spot is looking like a little bit more of a lock now that, they've lost their supposed lead back right now right before the, the season starts
0: yeah so for all you armstead owners if you didn't sell them right away and i didn't and i wish i would have now you missed your chance <laughs> to sell <laughs> too higher. bad too bad so sad i know i'm kind of ticked off i should have tried to sell them harder because that would have been a nice little i would have taken anything for them. i think even right. though you never know maybe you'll end up being something but now he won't be for week one. We're going to have to wait to see what that looks like. He looks good. He looked good in small burst last year. So we'll see. I'm still going to hold on to old Ryquil and uh, see what happens there. Um, so I think we're ready to go ahead and jump into our hot or not AFC team. So we have 10 names on our list. We're going to try to get through all 10 if we can for you guys. Basically, it's going to be hot. Obviously, we like them. Not. We don't. Uh, we'll give you some reasons. We'll give you some stats. We'll give you some opinions, some takes, so on and so forth, and try to explain to you why you should either be buying, selling, getting rid of, running away, or jumping in bed with them.
1: Yeah, or you bad, could huh? just disagree. Yeah, you could disagree with us completely, and we're no. crazy. You know if that happens too. That. <laughs> so anyway, the
0: first on name on the list, and I know we both like this guy a lot. So Zach buddy. Moss up there in Buffalo. What's your uh so we're hot. But tell me why we're hot.
1: So I think that he takes the lead over there in Buffalo in that backfield relatively quickly. Um craft singles. From Craft Singles, who we've already talked about too. Um Devin Singletary is just just another guy to me, man. He's not impressive. He didn't really impress last year. He missed four games. He's He's being very, very um, faded. Like people are starting to fade him out a little bit in that backfield. He's dropping well, and the passes. Fumbling. The oh, fumbling goodness. issues he's, too, and fumbling. Camp. Like, like Bruce Arian said, uh, talking about Keyshawn Vaughn and stuff. What did he say? He said, um, it, "It doesn't matter who you are, you, yeah, can't, you can't be you fumbling can't the, in the ball. ball and expect to be a running back in this league." And he's he's fumbling. So all he's doing is kicking open the door for Zach Moss to come in, who is already one of my favorite running back prospects coming into this year. He's young. I mean, of course, he's a rookie, but he, he's a big back. He can catch. He has some passing chops back from whenever he was in Utah, too. And his senior stat line at Utah was the craziest one that I've seen in a while, too. I mean, 235 attempts for 1,400 yards, 1,416, actually, averaging six yards a carry and 15, 15 touchdowns over. Thirteen games, and then not to mention we talked about his receiving chops: twenty-eight receptions, almost four hundred yards, averaging fourteen yards a reception, and then he added two more touchdowns. There, I mean, you you can't sleep on this guy's ability. They're saying he's going to take the goal line work. There's there's no reason that this guy doesn't take over the position from Singletary relatively Especially early in my if eyes the
0: guys fumbling and you know something to add to everything you just said because I agree you know Zach Moss I like Zach Moss as a player you hear the argument here that Zach Moss is also a jag like Devin Singletary and they're both just kind of like replaceable backs I think Zach Moss has potential to really be just a grinder back in the league and an every down back like you're saying he's got the power game if he can if 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 the passing if the passing game improvement that they're talking about in camp is is legit then the guy has potential to just be huge and the the main thing i'd want to add to everything you just said there is in buffalo that's a run first team that's a run Mm -hmm. heavy offense and so he's in a great situation to really get the the work and get the the work share there and start seeing you know serious production so i'll be really interested to watch zach moss i think he's one of my favorite rookies this year and and we've both been pounding the drum for him for quite some time as far mm-hmm. as a, a rookie that should rise up uh, as the season goes so super pumped up for zach moss is there anything you'd like to throw in on him before we jump over
1: no i'm good they've made reports about this 50-50 split and i think that's gonna go out the window. Yeah,
0: I, I would agree with real you
1: real quick. I mean, who who else does he have to compete with? T.J. Yeldon. Okay, sounds good. I
0: think Zach Moss sets himself apart as as the main guy there for sure. So
1: I think the so next too.
0: guy, while he might be attractive to some in real life, <laughs> person like physically, I am saying not, and that's going to be old Sam Darnold. I guess somebody actually thought he was hot because he got mono last year, so he must have been kissing somebody. If you think about it. <laughs> Although I guess if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you don't actually have to be hot to probably kiss girls.
1: Yeah, we got some some gold diggers out there too. Um, so what are your thoughts on it, man? You said he's not. Why why do we think why are we fading him? So on this? here's
0: my thing on Sam Darnold. And I, you know, Sam Darnold's tough for me because I really want to say he's hot. I really want to be attracted to Sam Darnold, but I just can't be attracted to Sam Darnold. And that's because he's got an awful dad. And anytime you try to take him out on a date, Adam Gase has to come on and just totally crush. Any dreams you have of fantasy relevance for Sam Darnold? Now, do I think Adam Gase is going to be the long-term head coach for the New York Jets? Highly unlikely. They're probably going to suck terribly this year, and they'll probably get rid of Mr. Gase. However, Sam Darnold is getting into a situation where he has continually disappointed, continuously disappointed. He hasn't really shown much. And everything that we're hearing out of the Jets camp right now is that their offense looks like total garbage and I'm just not you know I was all in for a buy low on this guy but I'm really getting apprehensive to get invested at all I mean the Jets are kind of just heading to like total reset mm-hmm. is what I think and Sam Darnold might be a victim of that and his value is probably going to go even lower than it is now so for me that's a that's a not
1: yeah no I'm right there with you um on that too some of the bright spots that. They were saying that we're coming back this year. Chris Herndon coming back. I mean, he's already dealt with an injury in camp. I mean, everyone's talking about Le'Veon Bell. He's already being irritated that he's not getting the ball enough. They're saying that there's going to be a 60-40 split between him and Frank Gore. I mean, they they went out and got all of these, these weapons for Sam Darnold to utilize, but I mean, they're missing practice. They're injured. There's no one really flashy coming out here to help him. And not to mention that, Sam Darnold, I mean, he sees ghosts, man. He's thrown 28 28 interceptions over two seasons. That's not good. And it's not a good path that you want to be on as an NFL quarterback, especially over there in the AFC.
0: I agree. And, you know, like you said, the bright spots on that offense are just fading fast. I mean, you're looking at, we're we're heading into another season here where Jamison Crowder is going to be the, which I love Jamison Crowder for the value. But Jamison Crowder is going to be the main uh weapon for Darnold to take use of. So I mean Denzel Mims with his injury has been underperforming. Brashad Perriman's now is injured, and it's still Brashad Perriman. So I don't know really what you know what we have there. Le'Veon Bell, I mean, to me, the Jets are just not a team to get involved with, especially if you're looking for offensive production and Sam Darnold's leading that offense. So I'm gonna say not. As much as I'd like to say hot hi for him. I gotta say not.
1: So nope, I'm, I'm right in the same camp with you on that, man. Um, he's he's just not not a good, good quarterback in my eyes. So, anyway, the
0: next guy is also for the Jets, and you were the one that suggested we talk about him, uh, the rookie Denzel Mim.
1: Yeah, so Denzel Mims kind of falls into that whole Adam Gase things, too. Um, I think the scheme doesn't really fit him. I mean, I know he's he's relatively young he's gonna try and see if he can fit in and be that answer to the wide receivers over there in New York um i just i just don't see him being that guy you know so I you think, don't
0: see him even like long term being
1: even a long term um no not even that because so here here's what i think off of that i mean his college tape wasn't even that impressive to me I think Mims was kind of one of those people who people got excited about because of his touchdowns and like, Oh, this guy scores a lot. Like he can get open, he can make plays, but he's not really, not really great in that aspect, you know? So at Baylor, you know, he went over just over a thousand yards this past year. Um, that could be, you know, a little bit of the quarterback problems too, but he had just uh, ten twenty 10, yards averaging 15 yards a catch and he had 12 touchdowns. And I mean, that's a tough conference that they're in too. But he's going from bad quarterback play to bad quarterback play, and I think he's going to transition poorly into the NFL, and I think that to be successful in the NFL, that you need to have some sort of mold, some sort of structure going around you to help you make the transition from college to the NFL. And I think that with Adam Gase and Sam Darnold and he can't really learn from anybody over there, too. I mean, he can learn from Jameson Crowder a little bit, you know, but Brashard Perryman's been in the league for five years, and he's kind of bounced around everywhere, doesn't really know where he belongs or how he goes. There's no one really there to help him shape and take form of what his potential could possibly be. So I Moncrief. <laughs> yeah, no, I stick to what I said. <laughs> um, it, it, I, just, I just don't see him making the transition, making the jump from the collegiate level to the NFL level, and I think he's going to struggle because of his destination from I, the tra-
0: I, I can see that, and I would also add, you know, anytime a wide receiver or any rookie suffers an injury like a hamstring that seems to be a nagging issue, it's going to put him so far behind in reps and being out on the field with the team, building chemistry with Darnold, and creating a connection, and that's just a huge negative. And when you're talking about fantasy value too, especially, I mean, Denzel Mims, if he comes out and Jets stink, and Darnold stinks, and he and Mims is barely even on the field because of the uh, setback with the hamstring and stuff, his value is just going to plummet. I mean, at this point, it's just it's already trending downward, and I don't see a like I don't have a point that I'm looking at with Denzel Mims and I'm like oh well you know it might start coming up after this or he might start you know once he gets on the field you know he'll 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 get mm-hmm. it going I'm I'm just not seeing that right now so I'm definitely with you on on the knot for Mims but uh, who are we looking at next here introduce me to somebody
1: So I will PK. introduce you We're going to go uh, go down south a little bit from New York we're going to go down there in beautiful Miami to Mr. Matt Breida down there. And what, oh, what do yes. we think about Mr. Breida down there?
0: So, Matt Breida, just like the weather in Miami, is going to be a hot for me. Ooh, and, nice. Yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm on top of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: little You're, doing well. You're doing well today. So, uh,
0: I'm liking Matt Breida. I'm loving him for a PPR upside back that's kind of being under the radar for everybody right now. And reason being is because Matt Breida is in a backfield. That is also, it's a one-two punch with Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. And Jordan Howard does not catch the football at all. So Matt Breida does, and he's actually very good at catching the football. He's an extremely good receiver out of the backfield. And so what I'm excited about with him is, is the whole issue with Breida has always been, you know, the San Francisco backfield, right? You don't even want to get involved with that. There's too many cooks in the kitchen or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And so you never get involved with it. Well, that's not the case anymore. Matt Breida has, once again, Jordan Howard there, and he's just not going to take PPR work, uh, reception work away from Matt Breida. So to me, he's a great fantasy ad for the, for the win now team that's looking to get in, get another flex piece, maybe even RB2 upside if they really utilize him a lot. And for a cheap price, you could get Brita for you know a pretty cheap price and absolutely get um, starter level production. Probably so, like
1: a what do you think? Like a like an early third, late second. You think I was you could say get him a for second
0: round? Yeah, I yeah, would be totally. So if I'm if I'm trying to win this year, I would pay a second rounder for Breida all day.
1: He's twenty five, man. You're yeah, not.
0: well, that's the thing. And so Matt Breida is a lot like Tariq Cohen for me. Where like these guys that are good receivers out of the backfield and just find uh open areas in the offense to to get the ball for dump offs for their guys they're always going to be useful to teams it's like james white right he's always going to be useful as long as he's He's playing at a decent level yeah so there for for the win now team those guys are great and matt breed is really one that right now like you said 25 years old he's not even that old He's in. He's in an offense where he's going to get a lot of uh, workload as long as he can stay healthy. That is the one thing. As long as he can stay healthy, but he's not. But Jordan Howard's going to be taking all the pounding work. He's just going to do the, uh, the PPR stuff. So I'm all for Brita for the price.
1: No, I am too, man. And uh, you talked about taking the pounding and everything. He hasn't really missed like significant time. He's missed like a couple games here and there. But he hasn't really taken a beating on that too. Also, some breaking news. You know, the Dolphins just cut Josh Rosen. By the way, um, I
0: did just see that pop just, up on just my phone, like
1: so. not three minutes ago while we're recording. He got cut. So well, there was some
0: rumblings that like him and Tua were still battling as like a backup. Yeah, right Garbage. Away. garbage. Well, I, yeah. I mean, if you look at the depth chart, they have Tua over Ryan Fitzpatrick right now.
1: I see that too. Um so. but yeah no I'm all in on the Matt Breida thing man like I'm 100% there with you I mean he he still has some Russian chops that he could take away from Jordan Howard too he's just not that power back that everyone sees with Jordan Howard and I think that he's he's got the safe PPR just like you talked about man I'm I'm right there with you on all of your takes I think that he's he's a good buy for a contending now team and potentially could be a good buy you know if he Moves on from Miami next year. I think they signed yeah, him to a one-year deal. I think he's yeah, he's yeah, gonna yeah. find he finds he finds a niche somewhere. He will yeah, fit in always somewhere.
0: Get, he's always gonna have a role. Exactly. Always gonna have a role. So what's the next? What's the next guy? If, if I'm looking at the list, I think it's another good win now, right?
1: It is another good win now, and I'll let you take the reins on this one too. I like him, um, and I think you like him too. But that's Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Yeah, so this is one that a lot of people have been talking about as far as a buy low goes. I think the guys over at Dynasty Nerds have been pumping it. I think, uh, I'm pretty sure Garrett Price has been all over this one. But I've I've actually been a Derek Carr owner since last year and enjoying the price point per production uh, value you're getting from this guy. So Derek Carr, we both agree he's hot. And and what I like about Derek, God, it just sounds weird saying that, I got to say. Really I know, right? he's hot but uh, <laughs> I like Derek Carr just because he's pretty safe with the football. John Gruden seems to actually, contrary to what people think, have good trust in Derek Carr. and it's going to be interesting to see Derek Carr with a fully loaded offense to really work with and 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 you know seeing him with Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, uh Josh Jacobs and and utilizing Josh Jacobs more in the passing game too. he's alsore. Nelson Ag- oh, God. He's got some good weapons all around. And I think he's just really a slept on quarterback that, you know, can produce and get you what you need, especially. And again, this is a super flex deal here. Like, you know, here's the deal. If you had Sam Darnold, okay. a knot not on our list and you traded for Derek Carr, you would expect to get Derek Carr plus for Sam Darnold. Correct.
1: Yeah, no, I would, yeah, uh, from from valuation of everybody, that's, I mean, just from the youth thing. side on on its own, you know?
0: Yeah, where well, I would absolutely do that all day. Derek Carr's only 29 years old. He's not that old. He's, he's a serviceable QB2 all day long, and, and he's getting a young offense around him now. He's got a super young offense that if he can click with these guys, you're looking at another, this guy, you know, Derek Carr could be one of these guys where it, we're, at, we're at age 29, 30. This guy's easily got at least another five years left, and if he can if they if the Raiders can come out and look the part with Derek Carr leading the charge, then we might be looking at the beginning of a very young deadly offense with with Derek Carr at the helm. so I'm all about it, and uh, I think it's a great buy. I think it's a good buy look, buy uh, for win now, but I also think it could be a, a good long term thing too if if he can build chemistry and look good with all these young rookies and second year players he has at his disposal for weapons. So I'm
1: all mm-hmm. in on no, Derek. No, I'm right there with you. And people are gonna make the argument that they signed Mariota, you know, to compete with him, to push him. And that's I think that's all that Mariota is. Is someone there to be an insurance piece to you always like what they say it's iron sharpens iron, you know? So yeah Mariota was a was a former Heisman trophy winner. He was a starting quarterback in the NFL. So you want someone and there that's to about kinda, where the list is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you kind of want to well, push a little bit. You know, you want someone there to like give him that little extra nudge, you know, yeah, like a of you fire, can do right it, right? buddy. You know, you can do it. I'm there for you. But I think Derek Carr, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, young offense. He's only 29 years old. For the record, Kirk Cousins is 32. So Derek Carr's three years younger than Kirk Cousins, another quarterback that is, you know, not flashy, but he gets the job done. That's plain and simple. Bottom line. Derek Carr gets the job done, and I mean, I and you can get him for super cheap. Yeah, and you can get him for super cheap. No one's gonna sit here and ask you for Patrick Mahomes' money for him. You know, no one's paying not even close yeah. half half a billion dollars for him. You know,
0: agree. So I'm all we're all in on Derek Carr's hot. Oh, absolutely. Um, so well, a guy that you think is not ooh is Mr. Henry, and not Derek ooh. Henry because that when you say Mr. Henry. I mean everybody you, must, of old. you have
1: to you have to address Derrick Henry as Mr. Henry. It's a big old boy.
0: Okay, then we can't call gone. And if you look at Hunter Henry's bio in Sleeper, it's not hot at all. So <laughs> no, he's, but he's definitely a, he's a, a not. Big old boy too. <laughs> look at <laughs> that smile. He looks like he doesn't even know how to smile. So anyway, Hunter Henry Please don't so, beat us up,
1: Hunter Henry. Um yeah, so I think Hunter Henry should I, I be f- faded into oblivion. Um He's had one good season and he's played five seasons or this is going into his fifth season here. The dude can't stay on the field. I can't. It really is. If you just look
0: at the amount of like absentees on the games, it's like just like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. And even in the, in the seasons that he does play, he misses time, you know, like he missed all 2018. He missed games in 2019. He missed games in 17 and he missed games in 16. He's got a new quarterback coming into town. And so, oh, by the way, before we get into this, it's Tyrod Taylor. Not Tyrod, by the way, guys. Really? It is. Yeah. <laughs> so I like
0: to say Rod it like Ta- Tyrod Taylor, like uh, John Gruden says it. You got to make sure you get <laughs> Tyrod um, Taylor.
1: He, he's coming off a strong performance even in um, like a season that he didn't play all of the games to. But that was because I Four think games. the... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think uh, the tight ends last year were a little weaker. Yeah, it was a down year. Yeah, and there was a lot of new guys coming into it or coming into their own to where there are people now early up in startup drafts. Um, Noah Fant, Gesicki, and uh, Hawkinson who, I mean, look a little bit more attractive than he does. You know, like you, you have that youth on it. I mean, he's only 25, but it always makes people injuries. nervous. Injuries, 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 injuries. And Even then, he had, I mean, his stat line wasn't that great. You know, he's never had over 76 targets. He's always had lower targets than that. He's had 55 receptions, would be his highest. And this is all career highs last year, you know, 650 yards. And then he's
0: always been pretty, uh, the word would be mediocre.
1: Well, I, mean, I was yeah. just
0: gonna say efficient with his with his targets. I mean his first his rookie season. He had eight touchdowns on 53 targets, which is crazy um, Four and then five on, on the targets, which is still pretty good and he's always averaged over 10 yards per catch, but uh,
1: he just yeah, can't stay I, on the field and I yeah. think there's people on that offense who are better options and I think that They're gonna figure that out and I think that hunter Henry is gonna kind of go kind of like that homer simpson meme where he goes goes into the bushes you know he's, bushes. he, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't exist anymore well and you
0: I, know he's a bye. guy to me that like he's a good sell on name value still because like hunter henry still has that like oh hunter henry like people there's like for some reason he's just oh he's a good tight end hunter henry he's a high you know top 10 tight end sell on the name value get out of there and uh and you know pick up some some lesser known guys that are gonna are gonna um, Gain value,
1: out so, outproduce him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with that. And you know something to be said too with uh, all the pass catchers on the Chargers. Depending on when they make this change to Justin Herbert, it's going to be interesting. All of these guys adjusting to, to possibly two quarterbacks in one season. That's different.
1: Mm-hmm. That's and, tough. And so
0: yeah, that's a that's a this year situation to monitor. Is like whenever Justin Herbert gets the start. Which apparently he gave Tyrod, or Tyrod a run for his money. You know that's going to be kind of a. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that offense and how the receiving threats react. So, I agree there. I, I'm okay with selling Hunter Henry as a knot. So, this next guy. Ooh, let's move on to a little
1: controversy, huh? A, a lot of people. A bigger name.
0: A bigger uh, name. So. Yeah. you want to introduce?
1: Ooh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll let I'll let you take the reins on this one since you gave me uh, Hunter Henry. Um, we talk about us being down here from the south. Odell Beckham uh, Jr. What you what you think about him? What we what we feel in this year? What we feel in?
0: So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Odell and Jarvis over there at the Cleveland Browns, and everybody's all loving Jarvis for the value. You know, that's always like the age old thing. Like you got to get Jarvis. You know, for the value, he's one of the best buys. Blah blah blah. Well, to me. I'm really getting apprehensive about any kind of investment in the I almost said the Cleveland Chubs, but it might as well be. The <laughs> Cleveland Browns. I like because that. Because to me, yeah, that would be a good team name. Right. Uh, but to me, first of all, we know Cleveland's not gonna throw as much because it's to Second off, Baker Mayfield's throwing the ball, which I don't know. If I even am, am, am at all trusting Baker Mayfield at this point, the other thing is everything I've seen in training camp is that the offense looks like dog crap. Again, here we are. The Browns don't look like they have anything together. Baker Mayfield it just looks disjointed. We all blamed it on Freddie Kitchens last year. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just because they're not very good. How I mean, dare Freddie's you. not very good either, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the talent just may not, you know, we might all be a little overhyping. So I have Odell at a knot, and this is another, you know, I, I said this with Hunter Henry, a name, value, sell. This is another name, value, sell. Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham.
1: I you mean, can get a first-rounder for him easy.
0: Yeah, he's always going to have that elite um, associate receiver association and and i would be selling i would have no problem taking some younger names for odell you know if you could get a couple guys or even if you could just get like like let me ask you this one like would you trade odell beckham for terry mclaurin straight up oh or would you want uh, a little bit more
1: i would probably want terry plus something
0: okay uh i'm trying to think of stuff just like just because that's that's a, that's a one would you year trade him straight up for that's like like, I'm trying to think who would be a good, like, straight, like DK Metcalf or Odell Beckham. But yeah.
1: Someone, uh, I would take DK a thousand percent. I think a lot of people would too. Um, Calvin
0: Ridley or Odell Beckham?
1: See, that's a good one. Like, people think that this is the year for Calvin Ridley. I would take Calvin Ridley, but there were people, and I know there are people who would take Odell in that trade.
0: Yeah. So, like, that to me is like, I'd rather take the guy that's looking better on a better offense. And inst- and get rid of Odell while the name the name value is still there. He's also got an injury issue, so you're always kind of looking at that as a possible concern. I mean, I love Odell Beckham again, being LSU uh, Louisiana boys. I mean, uh-huh. I love Odell, even though he's obnoxious as hell. Uh, I like him, but I just I think it's a good name value sell, and I really think you know the only thing about the Browns that I'm wondering. This is the only thing. Stefanski wants to run the ball. I know uh-huh. that. However, the Cleveland Browns defense has literally been like gunned down; like they're all just injured, and so they're limping. <laughs> they really are. Like, they, like yeah. they are. They got hit by a car. So, like, here we are. Like, what if they just have to throw the ball all the time because they're always losing game?
1: There's a there's I mean, a high potential of that too. Yeah. You know? So,
0: like, that is to me. There's a small counter argument. It'll be interesting to see, but. I'm not abandoning the fact that Stefanski is going to want to throw the ball. The other thing is too is between Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, and Austin Hooper as receiving threats. Uh, I I think Odell's just going to have to like live off of less targets. He's going to have to score touchdowns. Has to score touchdowns. He's yeah. a completely touchdown dependent receiver. And for me at the price that you have Odell at, I'd rather get a receiver that's not as touchdown dependent. Like I'd mm-hmm. way rather Allen Robinson over Odell Beckham a thousand times right now.
1: And not to mention like his targets to reception ratio was like kind of not good, you know, just like you talked about with Baker Mayfield being there too. But I think there is a point that we made in the, in the scrapped episode where we were talking about these guys is the name of the Cleveland Browns offense is cannibalization. They're all... Going to yep. plateau, and they're going to set ceilings for each of them: Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell, and Jarvis Landry, and Austin, and Austin Hooper. Hooper, and yep. Harrison Bryant, Najoku. All of these people—they're all going to cap each other relatively quickly because they're all good players, and they all require targets. They all require the ball, you know, because they're all and there's, only, there's good. only so many targets, and there's only so many times that you can throw the ball in a. So I think that they're going to end up cannibalizing each other and, you know, setting the bar there, which is why I think that you could get someone along the lines of, you know, Kenny Galladay or something like that. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, who are around the same projected. Yeah, well, we'll see about that one.
0: But I'd rather, well, you would rather have Odell or Robert Woods. I'd rather have Robert Woods 100%. You could get Robert Woods plus for Odell.
1: Van Jefferson may be the truth down there, man. We don't know. Oh, God.
0: He ain't going (laughs) to He might be great, but Robert Woods is going to feast.
1: He's proven, yeah. But anyway, I I just think that's the the name of the game over there is like they're all just going to cap each other. I think there's low ceilings on all of the receiving options for Cleveland.
0: I agree. So we're on there with not on Odell. Now the next guy is one of my favorite, favorite picks for right now and later and he's gonna be hot obviously with how we're talking about that and i'm actually gonna just introduce him and kind of talk about him for a little
1: bit because i just like this guy you so me like just nothing. say just to make you feel better get you get you. no it's
0: Naheem hines okay <laughs> and i am just in love with Naheem. i've been super excited since the colts got philip rivers to unleash Naheem hines on the world and you know here's the thing we got jonathan taylor in town and i'm not doubting jonathan taylor's Uh, potential. I really like Jonathan Taylor as a prospect, as a back long term, but the guy's not catching balls. Marlon Mack has been apparently looking all right in the receiving role, but nobody can, you you can't deny that Naheem Hines is a beast out of the backfield as a receiver. Phillip Rivers, and we talked about this in the scrapped episode, has never targeted his running backs less than a hundred times in a season. That is absolutely huge and should not be ignored. Phillip Rivers is not going to suddenly change the way he plays football and change the way he is a quarterback in the NFL because he's gone to a different team. He is going to play a lot the same way. And, and, Colts have a ridiculous offensive line. Phillip Rivers is going to be able to sit back there. He's going to have a ton of time. And when the receivers aren't getting open, Naheem Hines is going to squirt his way into a little opening, and Phillip Rivers is going to dump him off the ball, and he's going to take off because the guy is fast as hell. He's a great prospect, and he's going to make all sorts of fantasy points, and he's still a buy-low option. I'd be buying all day. Andrew?
1: nope i'm right there with you i feel like there's nothing else to say with him the other backs aren't doing well and they're receiving chops this year in camp with jonathan taylor dropping passes marlon max never had anything crazy in the target he's department than
0: taylor apparently uh, right and i opinion. mean
1: he i mean his best year was his rookie year with 33 targets you know yeah, but he's just we, not
0: he's just not asked to do
1: that much. new new guy in town um i'm right there with heinz dude i mean there's there's no reason not to be buying him up. His, his price tag is hella cheap, and he's going to be would, super efficient.
0: And I would just add to that real quick uh, before we move on with this. So right now, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, there's a lot of running back murkiness going on in, at the Colts to start this year. I completely believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to be the lead back this, next year for the Colts, and Marlon Mack will probably be out of the picture that's even better for Naheem Hines. So that to me is where you buy him now, he's already going to be an interesting player to watch and I think is going to have great production in 2020. But in 2021, if this guy is behind Jonathan Taylor and it's Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and like Jordan Wilkins are somebody of that caliber kind of as a backup role, and Naheem Hines is the true third down back, that's where the value could skyrocket even more because they use this guy even more. And I'll be interested to see uh, Naheem develop this year. So I'm hot. I'm hot on Naheem.
1: Still hot young too. Twenty-three years old, man. Yep.
0: Still young. All right. So this next guy is going to be for you. I'll throw it up there, and it's going to be Mr. Parker Devonte over oh, there in goodness. Miami. Another oh, Miami player. Oh goodness. Another so Miami where are you player. at, Devonte?
1: So uh, I'm not. I, I'm not. Just not. You know. I mean, I can explain. This my- year? Even for this year, I'm still not. Okay. I'm still not because they said that Tua's not going to start this whole year. So people are saying that he would benefit from a Ryan Fitzpatrick offense. I think that the Dolphins are going to be... We saw
0: what that looked like last year. Yeah.
1: I think the Dolphins are going to be a better football team this year. I really do. They did a lot of addition to their defense, and I don't think they're going to be as bad, honestly. (laughs) But you don't come out... better running backs. Yeah, you don't come out and and break out in your fifth year here and go from, you know, he averaged, what, like wide receiver 50, if not more, for the first four years of his career. And then he's like, oh, you know, I guess I'm going to be wide receiver 11 this year. He had 128 targets. Preston Williams, not there. Mike Kosicki was emerging toward the second half Mm -hmm. of that season and taking targets away. So, of course, this guy is going to kind of, be a benefactor of that offense if there's no other talented prospects to throw to pressing Williams and is coming back record, looks
0: great in camp you know yeah apparently and real quick and you can continue 2019 is the only year he actually played all six games
1: that's also true i mean he missed like one game one game
0: two well, then games three and yeah. Then five yeah
1: he's missed he's he's missed a lot you know <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but he's he's had what was it? it was like a thumb injury. He had like a leg injury, all this other weird stuff, too. The guy can't stay healthy. He's 27. He's a jump ball specialist. So he's going to specialize with Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of YOLO throwing it out there. Um, but like I said, I, I'm fading him because there are better players on the field this year than there were last year on that offense. Like I said, he's a benefactor of nobody last year of,
0: of situation. Yeah, yeah,
1: he was benefactor of nobody last year. And you
0: kind of hear the same thing with all the receivers that opted out for Miami that like, "Oh my god, is going to go off again." Well, I think Devontae's hot or not status completely relies on Preston Williams' ability to stay on the if this Preston Williams I saw a quote that I love and it's Preston Williams looks like the best player on the Dolphins at training camp and he is quote unquote destroying everyone in his path.
1: Love that. Love That, that. is
0: like so that's brutal. <laughs> if he's yeah, destroying no, right. people, like he's not just looking good, he's destroying people. So I love the quote, but I I'm really thinking that, like you said, I mean, with more weapons on the field with uh, Gesicki, with Williams, if he can stay healthy, Devonte's target share goes down. I mean, he had just way more targets than he's ever had last year, uh-huh. and and he just doesn't see the same production at all. I, I think he's an okay uh win now piece but i i would not expect what we got out of him last year for
1: sure right i mean he was he was a, a a big prospect and everything like that i i don't expect another wide receiver one finish i don't think anyone expects that either especially with the the upgrades in the backfield too you know do you think
0: okay what's more likely preston williams ends as a wide receiver two or Devontae parker ends as a wide receiver one
1: how much money do I have to bet on this? Because I have just, I have, a, I have a bank account that I would put that Preston Williams finishes as a wide receiver too.
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty good lock. If he stays on the field, he's going to be wide receiver two all day, barring um,
1: injury. Correct.
0: Yeah, barring injury, but uh, I think he, he can get there, and and uh, that would be that's a, that's an interesting question. I think is is I, I think Preston Williams is much more the the guy to own down there um, than Devontae. So no, last right guy you we too. got on the list. Who's the last guy?
1: I'll let you go for Number it. Um, so we go in with Melvin Gordon third in Denver.
0: Yeah, so Melvin Gordon to me is a pretty easy not uh, from everything we're seeing right now. I mean, obviously Melvin Gordon, I, again, a huge name in the fantasy uh, world. We all know him. He's been a productive running back for a long time. and. You know, last year with the holdout stuff, Austin Eckler comes in and, and just completely dominates. And, you know, obviously he moves on and goes to Denver. Now, who do we have in Denver that he's dealing with? Who's a very formidable running back in his own right and has proved himself on the NFL field? Philip Royce Lindsay. Freeman. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. How could I forget Royce the Goat Freeman? However, uh, Philip Lindsay I just see Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. If I have to own one of the two, give me Philip Lindsay all day for the price because Melvin Gordon is still got that. Again, this is you know this this would have been a good episode to just be like you know name value players you should sell, and this is Melvin Gordon is one of those guys again. This is a guy that has some value just attached to his name because of who he is. That is going to be in an RBBC is going to be in. they're going to cannibalize. We talked about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. It's going to happen here. And I think it's going to happen more than people think too, because Philip Lindsay has always been a running back that's overperformed expectations. And that's what we're going to see here. And it's just going to be a a situation where I don't want him, especially with this rib injury he's been dealing with. Philip Lindsay's getting more time on the field with the offense, uh, developing chemistry with, with Locke. And I just don't see any reason to be buying into Melvin Gordon. You know, if you have to have him as an RB3, uh, I wouldn't mind that. But short of that, I'd stay out of it personally. Yep.
1: Nope, right there with you. I think his receiving chops go down. And by down, I mean way down. <laughs> you know, they have all of these field stretchers and downfield weapon Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton. I mean, I just feel like he loses a lot of value because he doesn't have the same cornerback, quarterback in Philip Rivers exactly. down there. Exactly. Going back to the Philip Rivers
0: thing with targeting the uh, running backs. I mean, you know, he got peppered because Phillip Rivers loved to do that. Even with Austin Eckler there. he still got no, that, a lot of targets.
1: Yeah. And I mean he he still is. I, I think his running back one days are behind him, but I'm fading him. Phillip Lindsay, thousand yard rusher, it's gotten bigger, still did really well in the passing game. Still got some some targets and receptions there too. Um right there with you. I'm, I'm
0: yeah, I, I would just I'm rather own Philip Lindsay. Him. Yeah, I I'd just rather get Philip Lindsay for the price than than Melvin Gordon at the price. Really. I mean I agreed. Was... Agreed. All right, well, that's all the names we have on our list. So I think we're gonna wrap up there. So that's our AFC's hot or not. I know that we didn't do the full breakdown. Like we said, it was just it would have been a lot of recording. they're long shows. And I kind of like this format a little bit more where we just kind of go through names and give you our takes, our buy lows, our sell highs, hot not, whatever you want to call them and uh, and go over that with you guys and and varying levels of of value there. So, we enjoyed it. I know we're both super excited about next week, uh, first week of the regular season. Andrew Six how Days, baby. You? I cannot wait. I'm so <laughs> ready to sit Hype, down. Man. Uh Thursday night's gonna be great. So to everybody that's uh firming up their rosters, getting ready for week one, good luck. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter at Dynasty Decision uh for the show. Andrew And
1: I I am at Andrew underscore NFL.
0: Yeah, hit us up, send us your rosters, ask us questions. We're excited about the season, and we can't wait to uh, watch some football with you guys and keep making decisions. So next week, be looking for our week one roundup. We're going to be doing it before this, uh, the week one games. We're going to go over guys to, because this is something that I heard uh, another analyst we like a lot talking about this. We play a, week, a weekly game here. Yep. <laughs> uh, each week is important so you know in dynasty obviously you're looking at the big picture sometime but each week is important we'll be helping you make those tough decisions of who should you start who should you bench uh what matchups we like what matchups we don't and so on and so forth so stay tuned for next week and we will see you when we see you see you